Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bulls Nation, welcome to CHO Bulls Post Game, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download their app and be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. My guys, Will the Go Gottlieb, Will underscore Gottlieb on Twitter. Joining us tonight, Mark K, MK Hoops on Twitter. Hopefully our guy Big Dave will be joining us momentarily. We got our producer Steven running the controls in the background. You can follow us on Twitter, CSU underscore Bulls. Bulls survived a scare from Orlando and finally managed to get one win on this three-game road trip. 128-109 is the final. The Bulls had a 25-point lead at one point in the second half and saw that whittled all the way down to five. And I think most Bulls fans were expecting – a repeat performance of the losses to Indiana and Charlotte. They do manage to close this one out. Some timely buckets, uh, drive to the rack from Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, drawn contacts, getting to the free throw line. Patrick Williams hits a big three, uh, you know, three points of, I believe, eight fourth quarter points for Pat. That was nice to see. Bulls big three combined for 90 points. And the Bulls hang on to Orlando uh, to win in Orlando. Will, I got to ask, though, I feel like both fans are thinking big picture now as we get one day closer to that trade deadline. Does this win over this Orlando team to improve to 23-26 and do anything to change your mind about what this Bulls team is and what they need to do? We haven't actually talked about it before starting to record here, but it sounds like you know exactly what I'm thinking right now. Which is like, <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, okay, they won by like 19 or whatever. What was it? Uh, less yeah, than that. 19. Um, and like, if they had held a 19 point lead the whole time, maybe you could give me a little, I, I could give you a little bit more excitement about this win. But they cut it down to five from 25 points. I mean, that, like, yes, they didn't blow a lead, but like, is that really going one and three on this on this trip and like barely? squeaking one out against Orlando when you have the Pacers and the Hornets lost right in the rear view. Like it's good. They got the win, but I'm not, I'm not super excited by that. What about you, Mark? You feeling similarly? Yes, but I feel bad because they got a win. And I know there's people in the comments that just want to talk about the win, which I appreciate and I understand. And I don't want to be too much of a downer after a win, especially after this week, given that this has been, a frustrating week as has been this season more generally but like 
I'm not going to lie, there was a part of me throughout this game where I was like, it, it probably makes more sense for them to lose this game right now, particularly as they were blowing that lead. But does it make me think about this season differently? No, not 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 really. Uh, congratulations, you finally beat a team that's under 500. Yeah, you good finally took balls. care of business. Yeah, good work. But does that like make me ultimately have more confidence in them going forward? Does it like change my thinking about what should happen at the deadline and beyond? No, not really. So... They got the win, which they needed to do, and I'm, I mean, on some level, I am glad that they did it. But I, it's funny; like, I actually would have been the direction probably would have been clear if they lost this game. To be honest with you, that's that's my overwhelming takeaway after this game, which is a sad state of affairs. And I, I like I said, I know I'm being a downer at the moment, but like it's kind of just where I feel with with this team after losing to the to the Hornets tonight. Like, cool, you, you got the win tonight, but does that ultimately change much? No, because it, like if the Wizards win tonight, you're still sitting outside the playing position. So. You know, whatever is basically my point of view at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in that boat too. Sadly, um, this this win doesn't really do anything for me. It's nice to see the Bulls' big three all play well in the same game. I feel like the example spanning last season and this season, where that's the case, where you look at their box score, you say, "Wow, 32, 32, 26 from you know Zach, Demar, and Vooch." That doesn't happen all that often. Neither does the Bulls hitting 16 threes at a clip of 45 percent. We like we know these things to be true about this Bulls team, and them finally deciding after the loss of Indiana and Charlotte that enough was enough, and then still almost finding a way to lose this one. It's, I mean, I don't know if I can think of a win this season that did less for me as a Bulls fan. <laughs> Feeling any kind of positivity about where this Bulls team is and where they are. It's headed. also true. It's also true because. Like you said, with the 16 threes, like that's not something you can count on every single game. That's not like something that indicates to me a change of direction. DeMar- including DeMar DeRozan going five for five. Right. I mean, that's just not something that that you can rely on longer term. And so, like, if this trend continues where all of a sudden they're shooting 35 threes a game and they're doing it at 40 to 45 percent over a 15, 20 game sample, like I'm still probably not going to buy that because we have such a big sample of them not being able to do it. But one game like this, I think, especially when you zoom out and look at the larger picture of this whole year, even this this recent stretch where the Bulls are playing better, um, they haven't sold me on we changed anything about who we are and what we do such that, you know, we actually can be a more competitive team now. I mean, we're literally two days removed from them blowing a 10-point lead to the Charlotte Hornets who have 13 wins. Yeah. Yeah, and look, the team tonight, like 133 offensive rating, which is really nice and clearly not sustainable. But, you know, Triz in the comments here, or Mr. Triz, rather, in, in the comments here, he says, is it just me or does this does this win make it even worse that we blew the last two? And like that's kind of the feeling that I have as well. Like, in isolation, this game was good. It was fine. It was enjoyable to watch, all that sort of stuff. But, like, when you pair it up with what we've just been dealing with throughout the season, what we've been dealing with the last couple of days last week, whatever it might be. Like you can't ignore that stuff. So like it's, I understand like why, like I said, people want to just maybe talk about the win, talk about the specific game and those sorts of things. But it's just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's realistic to just talk about this singular game in, in its, in, in, in its isolation without considering what it means in the larger scheme of things. So yeah, I just can't, I just can't get up for it at the moment. Like for me to change my opinion of this team more generally, I'm going to need more than one freaking win against the Orlando Magic for me, for me to, to really change my perspective. So 
that, that, that's just where it is at the moment. Like, and that, that this team has forced this upon us. And I don't think we're being negative by suggesting as much. I think that's just been realistic based on what this season has produced to date. So that's on the team, but um, it's frustrating, but it is what it is. Yeah, I be, and I feel like tonight's win was yet another example of Bulls fans witnessing what works for this team and what doesn't work for this team. The Bulls finished with 30 assists as a team on 48 made baskets, which is pretty good. Well over 50% of their made field goals were assisted. And you saw a lot of guys working. Uh, you know, you, you saw Vooch as a facilitator tonight. He had six assists. I think DeMar finished with eight. Yeah, DeMar had eight assists. You know, you had Caruso making dive cuts, playing off the ball. Guys moving without the ball and the ball moving to find those open guys. And that's how they built that lead. And then, gee, what happened when the lead started to evaporate? The ball stopped moving and guys stopped moving. It's like, what, what, why can't you do that for 48 minutes? It's infuriating. When the ball sticks, this team does not do well offensively. When guys move and the ball moves – and, you know, people are flying all over the floor finding each other. It's beautiful. It's really, really infuriating to not be able to watch them do that for a full 48 minutes offensively. And not even just a full 48 minutes, although that would be a good place to start. It's that they've done it for two or three games over a stretch of, uh, of time, but then haven't been able to put that together any longer enough to, like, have a win streak of more than three games. Uh, in order to get out of the below 500 hole that they're in right now. So I'm with you guys. I hate to be down like this after a win. Like I said, maybe if they were just up by 20 the whole game and didn't let the magic get back into it. But I, I, yeah, I'm with you guys. I can't really get up for this. And, you know, we could be having a very different conversation right now if they didn't blow those two games to the Pacers and the Hornets and also got this game and are sitting here at 25 and 24 right now instead of 23 and 26. And that was – that was I, I tweeted it out not as like a challenge, but like that's what the Bulls needed to do. They were on this hot streak and they have this stretch of three games, all winnable. The Pacers have been playing really well. They're ahead of the Bulls in the standings, but Tyrese Halliburton was out. And so you have a chance to go above 500 for the first time since like six and five or whatever it was early on in the season. And again, facing adversity, they just struggled. They couldn't get up to it. And I think that to me says a lot more than this win does. I, I think just you have to keep the larger sample in mind and the, the larger trend, which is that like they have moments and they draw you back in and then they have really, really bad losses. And at this point in the season, like, I just need a, a long stretch of positive, um, encouraging play and indications that something real is changing and happening before I'm like back on board. Yeah, and look with that in mind, like that they don't own the tiebreaker against the Wizards right now, and that's the reason why the Bulls and are sitting eleventh. At, at, well, prior to this game, they're back in tenth at the moment because the Wizards are playing the, the Pelicans as we as we speak here, but. The Bulls are outside of the plane because they've lost two really bad games to the Wizards in, in the way they've done. Uh, two tight games, but nonetheless, two two losses. So, like, the, that all that stuff sort of matters. Like, we wouldn't have to think about a tiebreaker or the result against the Wizards if you're taking care of business against other teams, whether it's the Pacers, whether it's against the Magic earlier in the year, the Spurs earlier in the year, the, the Hornets the other day. Like, list them all off. The Rockets, there's been a, a ton of shitty losses all year. So, um yeah, I, yeah. I don't even know what to say at this point. Like, it's just 
this team is extremely frustrating. Um, even in a win, it's tough to get too excited about it. Like, like I said, in isolation, I liked a lot of what they, I liked a lot of what they did tonight. But like, how you know, can we expect this to continue thereafter? They've given us some reasons to think that in, in based on past performance, but then they've also given us a lot of reasons to think that okay, cool, this is just one game, but who the hell knows what's going to happen next time? Yeah, they'll probably beat the Clippers because that's what they do, but then they're going to probably lay an egg against another team, another inferior team. So, yeah. It's uh, it's frustrating, but it is what it is. But maybe, and got, maybe our friend David has a different opinion. Ah, and there he is. Hey, Welcome. everyone! No, no, uh, no Royal no Rumble spoilers, okay? Spoilers. No, no spoilers. spoilers. People, hang out in the comments. Zero. If you watch the Royal Rumble tonight, do not mention it. This man is trying to watch it after post game. Hello, Dave. Okay, How are right. you? Hello, Matthew. Thank you for thank you for saying that because everything he said is absolutely true. Um, a different perspective, actually, kind of. Um, I'm, and it's not that I'm disagreeing with anything any of you are saying because everything you're saying is absolutely true and absolutely right. And I'm not even mad that you feel that way because they've allowed people to feel this way. They they've earned this feeling. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not against anything you're saying at all. I just didn't feel that way. Um, maybe because I just wanted a win so bad after two really shitty losses and seeing something like that against a team in Orlando who honestly coming in, I didn't think they were going to win this game. I didn't think they were going to beat this team. Uh, Orlando would, had their full boat, and I saw them beat the Bulls without their full boat and beat them in a dramatic fashion. And and Wendell Carter Jr. doing his thing. And now they, they got their rookie back. They got um Jonathan Isaac back you know like they had they were they're really solid and have everything together so I was like damn you know after these two losses we're about to go in here and you know get kicked in the face and the Bulls came out strong which is not surprising you know they always come out strong in the first half but it's all about that second half and you saw that lead dwindle but I never thought after they came the way they came out in the third quarter this is when I knew they were going to win the game after they cut the lead to 11, Orlando cut the lead to 11, Billy Donovan took a timeout. First thing out of the timeout, they had to go full court. And first thing out of the timeout, uh, they ran a play to get the ball inbounded, which I thought was <laughs> which I thought was awesome, personally. And they get the ball inbounded. They run the play. What do they do? They go to the side of the floor, and they give it directly to Vooch in the post. Now, Will, we saw that last game because we talked about it. When they ran that same kind of play, out of the timeout, they give it to Vooch, and Vooch had a layup, and he didn't take it and kicked it out, and then they turned the ball over, bumbling and stumbling. This time, they give it to Vooch. He gets in the post. He makes the move. He he doesn't have anything, so he has to kick it out. They allow him to repost, and they go right back to him and say, no, this is your game. This is what we're going to do with you, and they give it right back to him. Boom, he makes the moves. He goes in, and he scores. I screamed. <laughs> I screamed and I hollered. I was too excited and happy about it because I saw competency. And again, the Bulls aren't great out of the timeout. So I'm like, oh shit, they actually listening to Billy. Oh shit, Billy drew something up that worked. Okay, this is great. Oh, okay. I, I felt very good about their chances of winning the game after that. Um, I didn't care that they cut it close, but because everybody got to eat. DeMar got to eat. Zach got to eat. Vooch was the main component. It was his thing. They let it go to him. He was the main eater, and he was the man cutting the meat and handing it out to everybody. Like, he was the main one. And Patrick Williams ate. You know what I mean? And he didn't wait around for the scraps. 
you know, Patrick Williams tried to go sit at the big boy table today. And I was and I was very happy to see that stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm not against anything y'all are saying at all. I, I'm just happy that the Bulls actually got a win because it would have really, really sucked to lose all three of those games. Uh, Big Dave, you, you brought up Pat there, and I saw other people in the comments talking about him. Charles, uh, flip side, uh, saying that, you know, tonight was one of those nights where Pat shows you a little extra something, and, and it gets your hopes up about what Patrick Williams still might be able to turn into in the NBA and hopefully in a Bulls jersey. And I think that that is a good thing to talk about on a night like tonight where you get the win, but you still feel like this team has all these problems and – you may have swept him partially under the rug for tonight, but they're going to be there tomorrow and the next day and when they play the Clippers on Tuesday. So if this team, big picture-wise, still has Patrick Williams as a part of that big picture, then let's talk about that being a good thing tonight. Because I thought the Pat had a great game. That one play in particular, I'm sure you know it stood out to all of you guys as well, where he makes an incredible leaping steal on the defensive end, jumping into a passing lane. And then, and I think, Mark, you know, I saw a video that you tweeted of a, uh, a clip of one of their recent games against the Pacers or the Hornets, where sometimes he'll get the ball and go. Maybe it's, a, you know, a defensive rebound. Maybe it's a steal. And you're, you're like, yes, Pat, push, push the pace, attack, attack, attack. And then almost immediately he looks to pass the ball out of his own hands. Big Dave, you were joking about how his, uh, his old high school principal, when he went back for his jersey retirement a few days ago, was teasing him and saying to the, the crowd of people, I used to tell this, this young man all the time, stop passing the damn ball. Mm-hmm. And that, after that steal, he said, to hell with this, I'm going coast to coast, Euro steps and slams home a ferocious dunk. And that actually even showed the tiniest little bit of Patrick Williams' emotion <laughs> after the yes. fact. And you're like, yes, yes, for the love of God, yes, more of that, Pat, please. <laughs> Yes, the hand went up, and I was so excited. You're absolutely right. He showed more emotion tonight than I've seen from him in a long time. And not just even on that play, he did it when he hit that huge three-pointer in the fourth quarter, and he felt he got fouled. And he's looking right at the ref like, yo, what are you doing? You know, make the call. And I'm looking like, who is this human being? I don't know him. Like, who is this? Are you the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde that I talk about with drumming? Because one day you're doing this, and then the next day is seven and five? Like, you know, like, who, who is this human being? I know it frustrates Mark K to no end more than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? I know it drives him absolutely insane. So I know, I know, Mark, like, for you, it, it's hard to, like, to, to enjoy kind of, you know, stuff like this. Because you're like, yeah, I know you can do this. I just want you to do it all the damn time. Like, why don't you do this all the time? Well, just, just to confirm, we're saying that Pat raising his arm after a dunk is showing human, human emotions. <laughs> Patrick, for Patrick, it is. For Patrick Williams, it is. Pulse that is like, for Patrick Williams, that's like going almost Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, look, you, you, you say that, Dave, and, and I understand why you would say that, but I, I was actually enjoying this this Pat game tonight. Um, it wasn't one of those – I do have a tendency to be like, okay, why, why can't you do this all the time? But I think more generally over the last sort of 10 to 15 games, I would say most of those games have been good Pat games. So that feeling has waned a little bit. There's, there's definitely been games in there where he's, you know, you've had your classic ghost-like Pat type games, but then there's been other ones where he has been, you know, 13, 14, 15 points, just doing the classic role guy stuff. And I think I tweeted at this out tonight, like he just had a perfect role game, role guy game tonight where he just 
spotted up hit his threes when they were open. He was cutting off ball. Uh, I can't remember who passed it to him, but he had that baseline dunk where he um he cut off the ball. He caught he caught uh, Franz. Yeah, it was Demar actually. He caught Franz Wagner. Uh, sort of ball watching, cut, uh, Pat kept cutting and he got the easy dunk. He had, he had that dribble drive dunk that you're talking about, Pat, Pat, where he had that dunk in the half court after making the steal. So like he was doing it on both ends. Nothing, again, nothing outrageous about this performance. He wasn't hitting any crazy pull-up middies. You know, he wasn't like seven from eight from three or something like that. Just again, like just doing the good uh, classic role guy stuff that you want from this team or you want from your small forward, power forward when you're sort of manning him up or with, with Demar uh, Vooch and, and Levine sort of thing. So I actually enjoyed this Pat game. I mean, he was really good. And I want to see more because we, like you said, Dave, we know he can do this. It's just about consistency now, but just do the little things, do the little things. And if you do that, you, you, um, you'll like, you'll, you'll score a, you know, a thumbs up from me. In a shocking turn of events, I agree with Mark uh, on this one. Um, <laughs> I, my reaction to the Pat thing, I like posted a clip on Twitter and uh, the amount of like, oh, this is Kawhi. We got Kawhi 2.0, like in the, in the mentions, it was just like, he had a steal and a dunk in transition. Like, are we really calling him Kawhi now? So I like, I, I want to pump the brakes on that one, obviously. But like, I think it's more, so I talked about like the trends, right? And like, what direction are they going? For me, Patrick is trending up. And I think that's, looking a little bit more and more real over the last month, his scoring is up, I think from like 10.2 to 12.2 points per game. It doesn't really like shock you, you know, with, with a two point increase, but like it's the same efficiency. He's getting to, to the line a lot more. He's playing more aggressive. You're noticing in, him in games more. Um, and like I said, the, the efficiency is still exactly the same. So it's not like he's adding more volume and the efficiency is going down, which is usually, the trend. So I think we're seeing a lot from Patrick. I, I think um, he's got to continue on with this. Like we're talking about consistency with the bulls. He needs to put a longer stretch of this together, but I also think it coincides with the bulls playing better. Um, the fact that he's contributing more and helping them win. I think DeMar said it after uh, a game the other night when he scored like 18, it was like, he takes the pressure off of that big three and he needs to be able to do that. And I think you're starting to see him do that a little bit more consistently. We're going to take our first break here. Coming up on the other side, we will get to some super chats that we have waiting on deck. Plus, uh, we're going to do another edition of Bullish or Bullshit, talking about the latest trade rumors involving the Chicago Bulls and their defensive ace, Alex Caruso. While we're reading y'all some of these words from our friends and sponsors, do us a solid and hit that thumbs up button if you're watching along with us on YouTube. And, of course, make sure you are subscribed to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel if you aren't already. Tonight's episode of Post Game brought to you guys by our friends with the Calm and Energy Efficiency Program, which is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation includes estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So here's what you do. Don't wait. Get started saving money 
and energy, two things you always want to be saving. For energy-saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's B-I-Z, biz. Comed.com slash poweringbiz. If you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment, you can call them at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. You can also email them businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online or on their website at comed.com slash facility assessment. Now, I don't know if you guys have been, well, of course, I know you guys saw what we did in Paris, you know what I mean? And that was just amazing. And shout out to Ryan Green for that. But the other thing Ryan Green did before we did that was shoot an amazing commercial for our new partner, Goose Island Beer Company, y'all. That's who we're rolling with now. That is who we're, beer. We are now synonymous with beer. Oh, this is the best thing ever. And we got our own roster. There's the Blackhawks Pale Ale. It's a limited edition, y'all. They got their own. We got the Bulls City 312. And you've seen me on, on tour with the can, man, and it looks dope. But they have so many others, y'all. The 312 Wheat Ale, the Bourbon County Stout, the Christmas IPA, the Beer Hug IPA Series, the Green Line, the Matilda. They got all your favorites. So it's so many to choose from, man. And you can go check them out at two of their locations. You can check out the Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton or... If you're like my man, Matt, you want to get yourself some meat with that beer. So go get yourself a smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the Clybourne Brew House. That is on 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations. Goose Island Beer Company and CHGO, a match made in heaven. Together, mm. drink up. Cheers to that. Steven, send us some super chats. Hello, Steven. All right, we got the Duke with a super chat saying, thank God the Bulls finally beat a team that they should have beat. That's what is making me happy tonight. My fan life is sad. <laughs> I mean, look, Chicago sports fans have been having a rough go of it recently. Like, yeah, I think things are trending up for the Bears. We got the number one pick. We have a quarterback we love. And we're excited to get him some help this offseason. Bulls fans, this this has been a rough year. Also, guys, I mean, poor one out for Candace Parker. I don't know if you guys saw that news. He, she officially yeah. announced on her Instagram a few hours ago that she is leaving the Chicago Sky and going to the Las Vegas Aces. They're making a super team over there in Vegas with Candace Parker joining them. That's hard to swallow. That's a hard pill to swallow because the Chicago Sky is the best thing Chicago sports has going for it right now. Um, but you know what? She got them a chip. She got Chicago a chip. So she can do whatever the hell she wants. Uh, but, yeah, the Duke, you're not alone. Chicago sports fans are having a rough go of it. Just ask our CHO Blackhawks guys who are just Ooh. now getting underway on another 9 p.m. puck drop on a team that is aggressively tanking this season. <laughs> they do the Lord's work every night, y'all. Every night. And they make it entertaining at the same time, man. No, they, they do a great job over there, seriously. That they do. You guys one night, you know, a win's a win. They can cheer you up. Just you know, just ask Big Dave. He he feels good because it was a win, and he was sick of watching the bad losses. Just like our our guy McBaconator, who has a super chat saying, "Not gonna lie, I bet Orlando when they hit plus five hundred. Probably why the Bulls won." 
I don't blame you, McBaconator. I really don't. Like, I, I was sitting there watching that second half being like, this is totally going to happen again. Which, by the way, I did put up a poll on our CHGO Bulls Twitter account. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was at halftime, and the Bulls were up 13. And I was like, I wonder how this fan base truly feels right now after watching those two losses earlier this week. So it was a simple question. The Bulls are up 13 at halftime. Do they win this game, yes or no? 60% of those voting said, no, they're going to blow this game. <laughs> they didn't, and they just but they won. came damn close to it. They wanted to. Yeah, they tried. They tried. <laughs> AK has another super chat for us saying the past several Bulls losses have been done by such devastating ways that wins right now feel just meh. They feel good. I think that's kind of how I feel right now. Seems like how Will and Mark, you guys also feel like I'm, I'm not taking any positive energy from tonight's win into the game against the Clippers. Like I'm not taking any positive energy from tonight's win into, okay, we know that that trade deadline is looming on the horizon in just under two weeks. And I feel differently now than I did three hours ago before watching this performance. It's like, no, we still got this. Still got this. No, not after a game like that. Even though it's a game where your big three all played really well. They gave you 90 combined points. Mm. And your most important role player, Patrick Williams, actually had a good role player game. All of those good things happened. And I'm still sitting here like, yeah, but so what? Yeah, because you've been hurt and you've been burned all season long. You know, you, you've seen it. Like like I was telling you uh, earlier in the week when we did this, um, and we won with, uh, with uh, you, Marquet, and Matt, and you, got, and you all were like, yeah, you know, get these wins together, you know, by the end of the week, you know, be over 500, and we, you know, we could do that. And I'm like, hey, no, <laughs> we got to take this game by game. They haven't earned any of that. And, you know, they haven't earned that kind of feeling uh, from us. And then they promptly went out and showed us why they haven't earned any of that. So, yeah, like how you guys feel is not wrong. Like they have put you in this position, you know, with their inconsistent play. And, you know, got playing like this tonight and seeing it and you're like, yeah, we know you can do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, we, we can't see it. We need to see it more consistently on a consistent basis. But like I said, I just like, I, it feels better to win. It could feel meh, but I know what losing feels like. And that is much freaking worse. And so I'd rather take this W instead of taking that L. Yeah, but like even then, like, look, I'm not asking for the world. Like literally all we're asking for is 500 basketball. <laughs> and like from, a, from, like from a net rating point of view, they're literally even, which generally is a, is a good indicator of a 500 team. Like the Bulls and Heat and even the Clippers, like they're all they're all level in terms of net rating. The the, the Clippers and Heat, you know, they're, they're several games over 500. The Bulls are several, several games under 500. So to me, it's just about teams, this team specifically, not taking the opportunities that particularly are there for them. And like we, 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 we mentioned it before, like the, the number of losses that they've had to bad teams. And that's ultimately mm-hmm. what's going to define the season how they've wasted an opportunity this season. And I know a lot of people will point to the fact, well, you know, the Bulls are 23 and 26 or whatever the record is now, and this is just who they are, a bad team. But it's like, okay, I can accept that on some level, but you should be beating the Houston Rockets of the world, the Spurs of the world, the Hornets. Like, okay, this team isn't anything better than a 
a 500 team, a you know a six, seven, eight seed. We we we're not we're not sitting here saying that that's the case. We're not delusional like that. But that level of team shouldn't be lo- are losing to the amount of times they have to these bad teams. So it's just to me, like, even though that, that they got this win tonight, it's just like I'm sitting here and just counting the missed opportunities and just wondering where things could where could they could could be right now if they just took advantage of absolute baseline stuff. That's all I'm asking for, and they haven't done it. So it's it is frustrating, Dave. That's why I, that's why I just can't get high right now. I just can't mm-hmm. completely understand. Our guy AK had another super chat saying that. First half of games, the Bulls play to win, but in the second half of games, the Bulls play to not lose. Mm. Being a Bulls fan is an occupational hazard. Shout out to AK. Appreciate the Super Chats. Um, Yeah, you don't have to tell us that being a Bulls fan is an occupational hazard. That's kind of an occupational (laughs) hazard for us. And you know what? He's he's so right. For some of you, it's a fandom hazard. For us, it's literally an occupational hazard. It's literal. And he's right about playing not to lose. Like, cause you, And that's what bad teams do. You know what I mean? They usually play not to lose. And I know this so well because I'm a Bears fan as well. And I watched the Bears do that for damn near all my life is play not to lose. You know, especially when they're just a mediocre to bad team. You know, it's what they do. And you, that's where the panic sets in. That's where the fear sets in. You know, that's where the turnovers start happening. So when the bad plays start going down is when you start playing not to lose. It was different tonight because it, their rhythm was right. You know, when even when the score got close, their, their rhythm still was correct. Uh, they weren't rushing into things. They, they were bringing the ball up uh, right and still trying to run a play and not taking, you know, dumb shots. I'm talking about the uh, late in the fourth. Um but they still weren't, you know, they weren't doing those kind of things. And then they were hitting key buckets on, on top of that. And that's what I liked. I, I like that aspect of it. But he's absolutely right, though. We've we seen it. Like, they just will play not to lose. And that is a recipe for losing every single time. We talk about why they've struggled in the clutch this year. And I think that's, I mean, going back to what Mark said about the, the net rating and the point differential is like the big difference there with the Bulls versus the Heat or the Clippers is the Bulls have had really, you can call it bad luck, you can call it bad performance, whatever it is, they have struggled in the clutch. They haven't pulled out games the way that they did last year. And I think that's a big part of it is they kind of take their foot off the gas and then it's hard to put your foot back on the gas and close out when you've kind of been coasting a little bit. And that's why like these games start to unravel and get out of control. Luckily they were able to do that tonight but again, this is kind of the part of the reason why this isn't super convincing to me is because, again, they let the same thing happen. It was more just that, like, I don't know, I think in equal parts, like the Magic didn't have enough to complete the comeback and Bulls held off the Magic. You know, it's kind of like those were pretty similar things. Mm. And the yeah. Goes five uh, five. Real quick, guys, before we take a, another break, wanted to touch on the return of Dragic, who was out for a few games with a non-COVID illness. Yeah. I thought his presence back out there in that second unit was noticeable. Yeah, I mean, he only played 13 minutes, but he gave us seven points and five assists in 13 minutes. Um, that second unit, I just like I, – I can breathe – more, I, I can breathe fuller breaths when Dragic is out there because he's just a veteran who doesn't panic and makes the right reads, whether he's taking an open shot or making the right pass. Nice to see him back in the fold. Yeah, it was great to see, man. And I like how you said that, Matt. Like, you can breathe again. Because as soon as I'm out there, you know, I'm like, oh, Touch of Gray is doing this thing. 
He was out there doing his thing, sir, like handling his business. Having five assists was huge. I mean, Ayo started and had one, you know what I mean? And he struggled again tonight with his shooting. I was happy to see him hit a three, but he struggled again tonight uh, with his shooting. But Dragas got out there and actually played the point guard position. And as we all know, the Bulls are definitely lacking at, at that position as far as, like you stated, Matt, somebody that can be a stabilizing force uh, for the team. But, yeah, no, it was it was really great to see him back out there. He didn't play a ton of minutes, which is perfect uh, for him. Like you said, about 12 minutes, which is great. Uh, but still impacting the game, even though he played that few minutes, was, was really good to see. Yeah, Kobe and Ayo combined. Kobe was 0 for tonight, 0 for 5. Oh. Uh, Io one of four, all threes. So like oh. the bulls are in this situation where like you've, you've heard football coaches say this a lot, like where if you've got multiple quarterbacks in one room, you don't have your quarterback. And I think that's kind of where the bulls are with their point guard. And Dragic is not going to do this every night. He's not like, I mean, he's like you said, Dave, he's touch a great. Like he's just, he's not able to contribute at this level 82 games a year. Maybe he has a stretch if the bulls make the playoffs. But on any given night, you need one of those guys to step up. And tonight, I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely dry. He, dry. he had an awesome game. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I think I saw uh, a tweet from Mark's best friend, Joe Cowley of the Sun-Times, uh, who was talking to Billy pregame down in Orlando. And Billy saying, like, yeah, we, we still feel comfortable and confident with this whole point guard by committee thing because they were talking about Alonzo Ball and his lingering absence, which, by the way, more bad news on that front from Billy before tonight's game. It sounds like we are a half a step away from officially just shutting Lonzo down for this season and ruling out a possible return. And from that conversation spawned that comment from Billy of like, oh, yeah, you know, like we're, we feel good about point guard by committee. And it's like, yeah, do you really, though? Like, really? You know. Do, do you really? Gonna, he's not going to say otherwise. There's no way he. Of course. of course, he's not going to want to go on the record saying, "Yeah, our point guard situation is a friggin' shit show right now." Because <laughs> why would you do that? But yeah, lip service for sure. Uh, all right, one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to get to some trade talk. Twelve days away from the NBA trade deadline, more Bulls rumors flying around over the last 24 hours. Caruso, don't take my boy Caruso from me. Big Dave, who do we have on deck? Oh, Marquet. What time is it? Game time, huh? From here. That's where he got that from. Game time. Now, how does new ticket in sight that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows? Have you ever dreamed of sitting in that seat you thought you never could? 50-yard line courtside behind home plate. Floor seats at a concert. Possible, ladies and gentlemen, with the game time app. Biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought that you could never, ever buy. You won't find better deals this season to go see the Chicago Bulls. And just like here at CHGO, it is created by the fans and for the fans. And it guarantees you, your beautiful, lovely self, the lowest price out there. So if you love CHGO, then you'll love... And we know that you do. Come on. And this. Then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is, first of all, hitting that thumbs up and letting us know that you're watching and showing your love. And then buying your tickets through the link in the description. That way you would join the over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Because, Will the Go Gottlieb, what time is it? Game time. 
like the dramatic pause of that. I felt that. So. It was a good pause. It's a good pause. Today's post game also brought to you guys by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook and our DraftKings Sportsbook King of the Game tonight. It's the big man, Nikola Vucevic, who had a monster game tonight in his old town of Orlando. 26 points on 11 of 18 efficiency from him. 13 boards, including four on the offensive end. And as we touched on in the first segment, the dishing facilitating Vooch also out there in full effect tonight with six dimes. Vooch is your DraftKings king of the game. Take your shot at turning big buckets into big cash with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA, our official betting partner at CHGO. They're my go-to for hoops action. And right now, new customers can bet you $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Maybe you're looking for an even bigger payout. Take a shot at their Friday night favorites. All you have to do is go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a select two-leg pregame Moneyline parlay, and you'll get a 50% profit boost. So download their app right now, and don't forget to do so with promo code CHGO to get that incredible offer of a $5 bet and get 200 free bets instantly, whether that bet hits or not. You're getting $200 free. Do it. Do it at DraftKings and do it with promo code CHGO. Shout out to Vooch, our DraftKings king of the game. Uh, speaking of people getting awarded with things, before we get on to this Caruso trade talk, Big Dave, it's it good. is a Bulls victory tonight. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you know what that means. It's, it's also a wrestling night. night. So you're probably even more excited to bust that out. Oh, yes. It feels so right right here. Oh, Marquette, you need to know the power of how this belt feels on the shoulder. It changes you. It's like it's like the ring and Lord of the Rings, man. It changes you, man. It's Gollum. Like right here. That precious. But, yes, it is time for Goon of the Night, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Stephen. Look at that person right there. Um Matt, I shall start with you, sir. Who is your goon of the night? You know, I think I'm going to go with the guy who you say sometimes this award should be named after. And I'm going <laughs> to give my goon love to Alex Caruso tonight. Not just because he played a typical Caruso game where he took three shots and was a plus 19 off the bench, but... There was one foul of his in particular, one of his four fouls on the night, by the way, where he was just like last-ditch effort trying to wrestle the ball away from, uh, I can't remember which Magic player, but after a Bulls teammate of his missed a shot, and he was trying to make something happen with an offensive rebound, and it was just such a dumb, bad foul. And they, it was late third quarter when the Magic were making that comeback, and the Bulls were in the penalty at that point late in the third, so they're going down to the other end of the floor to take free throws, and Stacy and Adam on the call were like, oh, Alex, that's, that's, a, that's a bad foul. That is not a smart foul, man. But it was funny because Stacy was like, he just, he just can't ever take his foot off the gas. That is who Alex Caruso is. And we're going to talk about whether or not the Bulls should train him in a second. But in that moment, I was like, man, you can't, you can't change a person. Alex Caruso is who Alex Caruso is. And he was so Caruso in that moment. I feel that, bro. Uh, Will, go Gottlieb, sir. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you could probably put Caruso 
as the goon of the night for every night, but I'm going to switch it up. You guys kind of mentioned it. I wasn't really thinking about this during the game, but after just looking at the stat line and the impact that he had, I'm going Goran Dragic. Touch up great. Coming back from illness, 13 minutes, five assists. That he like, and he kind of saved the Bulls from a point guard perspective. I, I thought he played really well. That kind of gave them a little bit of new life. So I'm I'm giving it to Dragic. I like that. I like that. Uh, Mark K, sir, who is your goon of the night, my friend? I think you're going to give it to Pat for that dunk and the fact that he raised his arm and proved to us all that he has a heartbeat. So I think that's where <laughs> you're going with this. But for my goon of the night, I would have it as Derek Jones Jr. slash Billy Donovan. Mm. Now, the reason I say that is Derek, like that ankle looked really bad when he when he uh, came down. I'm assuming it was the ankle, not his knee, but it looked, whatever it was, it didn't look good. I'm like, oh, that dude's out for at least a couple of weeks based on the way that mm. thing rolled. But not only did he come back into the game, I thought he was like somewhat effective in this game. Uh, so Derek Jones Jr. For my, deserves a lot of credit for one, sustaining the injury, and then having enough balls to go back in the game and play the way he did. But similarly for Billy, not to not to go to Andre Drummond, which I absolutely love. And, I, and it makes me even happier that people get annoyed by this, that they want to see Andre Drummond in the game, which I don't understand why they want to see that. But nonetheless, people wanting that and then Billy not doing that, it, it just gives me so much joy. So my goons of the night are Derek Jones Jr. and uh, Billy Donovan. No, I, I like that the, was and- really funny. I mean, Vooch had just subbed out. And then yeah. Billy was like, oh, Derek's hurt? All right, Vooch, get back in there. <laughs> and, and to be real with you, Marque, it almost went to Billy Donovan for that. And and for the timeout I saw him call, when when the Bulls were just throwing the ball around and didn't know what they were doing, and he just immediately called a timeout. Just like, what the hell are y'all doing? Stop. Everybody just stop right now, all right? I was like, he almost got it there. But goon of the night, and you're absolutely right, Mark K. It goes to the uber-emotional Patrick Williams. <laughs> <laughs> it goes to you, sir. For that dunk you did, you're absolutely right, and showing some emotion, but just the way he played on both sides of the ball. It wasn't just the scoring for me. It was the help defense as well. That block he had, those blocks he had were really, really awesome to see. And just watching him actually cutting and doing and doing it along the baseline. I remember watching him do that more his rookie season. I don't know where that went, but now I, I'm starting to see a little bit more of it now. And guys are finding him. And yeah, I just I really enjoyed the way he played tonight on both sides of the ball and actually opening his mouth and actually you know doing stuff. You know, Daylon Terry is rubbing off on this man. And I don't know how – you can't contain him anymore. He's just out of control right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he did uh, – you know, we talked about what he did on the offensive end, but uh, in, in addition to that one epic steal and then coast-to-coast dunk, I thought he locked down Paolo Bancaro for large stretches of the night. Bancaro did not have a good game. I think he uh, – yeah, 3 of 14 for nine points. I think a lot of that was Patrick Williams playing some solid defense. Love to see it. Pat Williams, your goon of the night. All right, y'all. Now it is time. Round two of this segment that between now and the trade deadline, we are calling bullish or bullshit, where we take a recently reported or rumored or talked about or proposed trade involving the Chicago Bulls on NBA media, social media. People are talking about it. We give our opinions on whether or not we are believing of the trade being feasible and good for the Bulls, a.k.a. bullish, or don't like the trade for the Bulls or think it's complete nonsense altogether, a.k.a. bullshit. 
This one tonight comes to us from a few different sources, gentlemen. Uh, Jake Fisher, formerly of BR, now of Yahoo Sports, mentioned that the Bulls are fielding calls on one Alex Caruso and that they are confident that they could be able to get to two first-round picks for their defensive star. On top of that, in a recent edition of his mailbag column, Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago mentioned that the New York Knickerbockers and the Golden State Warriors are two teams to keep an eye on because they are keeping an eye on Caruso. And he mentioned there that the Knicks have some first-round picks that maybe they could dangle and that maybe they, for the sake of contract matching, would throw in Obi Toppin, who, for whatever reason, hasn't really found his role or his identity in this New York Knicks team. So for the purposes of this exercise, we are calling that this idea of a trade where the Bulls sent Alex Caruso to the New York Knicks. And in return, the Bulls receive Obi Toppin, the Knicks 2023 first round pick and the 2023 first round pick that they have owed to them by the Dallas Mavericks that has life protections on it. Actually, I believe it was top 10 protected, if I'm not mistaken. Gentlemen, as far as the draft capital, I think that that is good value. If you can get two first round picks in this upcoming draft that you likely won't have your own pick in because you're going to send it to Orlando, that's solid. I've never been a big Obi Toppin guy, but I think if the Bulls can actually successfully get two firsts for Alex – if they decide to dismantle this roster, that's a win. I'm curious to see where y'all land on this. I'm not saying I love the idea of trading Caruso, but if they decide to trade him, I'd say that that's pretty good value. Uh, Will, what about you? Agree from a draft capital standpoint. I mean, you're looking at basically two picks around 20 right now. The Knicks are in seventh place. The Mavs are in sixth Um it's hard to see them either team like really making a jump. I guess the Mavs have a little bit more uh, upside. And and when I say Mavs, I just mean because the Mavs pick coming from the the Knicks pick coming from the Mavs. So that will obviously depend on where they land. I think it's lottery protected, but um, for me, it's like, it's more about what direction do you want to go? What kind of team do you want to be? And the idea of like trading Caruso just for Obi Toppin and some picks I don't think that necessarily makes sense. At a certain point, you have to look at the value and say, like, this is more value than Caruso is worth. But, like, if the Bulls want to be good, I think they they probably want to keep Caruso here. Um, I think I lean towards more roster shakeup. Um, not super high on Obi Toppin. Wasn't when he came out of the draft. Like, a lot of people were talking about him over Patrick Williams at four. But, I mean, he's a young player. I think he's, like, 24, 25. He's still got some upside. Um I think it's pretty solid value, but I think the bigger question is like what direction you want to go and what do you do after that with Damar and Zach and Vooch? Yeah, completely agree. Uh, I don't see the point of trading Caruso just for the sake of trading Caruso. If you're trading Caruso, it it signals that you should be changing a lot more than just Alex Caruso, which is, uh, look, maybe maybe that's the indicator. If, If for whatever reason that were to happen, that that Caruso were to be moved for two first and Obi, that is a good value. Uh, I say this is a Caruso. That's really stand. good. Um, I, it is good value. It's I... good value. Definitely. Um, but yeah, Will, Will's correcting that sense. But at the same time, like I just don't know what to leave because, to believe rather because you got Jake Fisher reporting this. Um, there's been some esteemed reporting elsewhere that suggests that 
Caruso is deemed untouchable, whereas uh, Zach Levine, <laughs> Vucevic, and uh, DeMar, DeMar, De- DeMar DeRozan are potentially made available. So I don't necessarily know what to believe uh, or who to believe, whether it's um, certain reports or others. But nonetheless, if it is, if it is true, if this is true, uh, then uh, I think it's a fair deal. But it, I'm only doing this deal if, it, if I'm signaling like training a Levine or DeMar or Vooch. There's no point keeping those three around and, and getting rid of Caruso because Caruso is, on a per-minute basis, in my opinion, uh, the most impactful player or maybe the most important player on this roster. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're trading Caruso, trade the rest of them. Mm. I'll say that I, I make the trade, personally. I, I do that because of the value getting two first-round picks, getting a player, yes. Do I want to send them to the Knicks? Hell no. But I, I would do that. I would do that trade. But I view Caruso differently than, than you guys uh, view him. Um, not, not his importance, but how I look at him is how I looked at Khalil Mack on the Bears, and I looked at him as a luxury. I looked at him as rims, as rims on a car. And when you have your car and, you know, it's running nice and it – got it nice and you got it smooth and it looks great and it's doing all these great things you want to do put something nice on it you know what i mean okay bam you put some rims on it now now we ready to do something right but i didn't mind getting rid of khalil mack because i'm like you didn't have an engine (laughs) you know what i mean you had you need you were missing a steering column you didn't have brakes i need you to get those things first before you have rims on your damn car so that's how i always kind of viewed alex caruso I, i always viewed him as the piece you know i I always view them as just that piece. Like when your team is in place and when your team is ready to go and your team is ready to do something, you add somebody like Alex Caruso because that dude will elevate y'all. You know, he will take you to a next level. Like, okay, bet we are serious and legit basketball team right about now. I think he's a luxury to have. And I think he's a luxury the Bulls cannot afford to have right now just by how they are. Um, Not undermine his importance or nothing. That's not what I mean. But I think they don't. I think I don't think they're in a position to have luxuries. I don't think they're in a position to have rims. Like their car is screwed up. They need to fix other things on it. And if you got to give up the rims to get, you know, my engine fixed and get some brakes on my car, that's a sacrifice I, I would make, man. Because getting two first rounders for Alex Caruso, like like that's that is really good value. And getting a young player back with that is really good value. For a guy like Alex. And, you know, who knows? You might throw D. Rose in there, too. You know, who knows? But <laughs> it's, it's really good value to get that back for a guy like Alex Caruso, who is really, really that good. And like Marquez said, like, it's that damn important and can change your entire team. You know, if, if Marquez is saying, accurately saying, like, this guy's the most important player on your team, that means he can change a team. He can change your prospects. And right now, he's changing the fact, you know, that the Bulls could be an even bigger dumpster fire. That's why I consider him a luxury. So if they're at another, if they were at a level like they were last year, yeah, you keep a guy like Alex Caruso on your team. I'm talking about the first half of the season. If they were at that kind of level, yes, you keep a guy like AC. But as they are right now, man, they they are not. They don't deserve rims on that card. They they got other stuff to fix. You know, there are plenty of people in the comments, Big Dave, suggesting what you just did, which is, hey, maybe throw Derrick Rose in there. Bring Derrick Rose home finally, and we got ourselves a deal. Also, plenty of people in the comments getting jokes off about, the, you know, the match made in heaven that would be Alex Caruso and Tom Thibodeau. Uh, Steve, can you bring up that old, the, the one from Old Buckness that was on the screen like a couple minutes ago? That, that made me laugh. There was something about, like, uh, 
uh, an amount of ecstasy that Tom Thibodeau would feel if he had Alex Caruso on his team and it made me chuckle. There is no world in which anybody could have a greater swelling of ecstasy than what Tibbs would have if Caruso was sent to the Knicks. Yeah, and then I saw other people joking about how he's playing Caruso 50-plus minutes every night. Even if they're not in overtime, he's playing 50. (laughs) Uh, As as sort of a button on this conversation, gentlemen. Go ahead, Dave. uh, Will was trying to say something. I was trying to hear what Will was saying. I was just going to say Alex should – get ahead of the situation by filing a restraining order against tips because he's definitely <laughs> playing 49 minutes a game. Uh, um, the other team that was mentioned in having eyes on Caruso and the Bulls was the Warriors. So quickly before we wrap up, gentlemen, some people have floated this name out as something that the Warriors might use to try and make some roster adjustment for a last-ditch title defense effort in the back half of this season – a guy that they drafted early in their one tank year when their key guys were hurt. Does James Wiseman do anything for you if you're talking about the Warriors looking to add a defensive player like Caruso to bolster their playoff run? Will? I mean, people want to give a uh, number two draft pick who's 20, 21 years old a long leash. And I think the Warriors – for as good of a developmental team and system as they are, are not really built to, to develop and to maximize a player with his skill set. So I think there's some room for growth. He has been extremely bad, like can't catch a basketball, doesn't know where to be, understand like where to go at all on a basketball court. So like he's got a lot of growth to do. But again, for me, it's like, I'll put it this way. Trading Caruso, I think, is as big of a pivot as it would be to trade Zach Damar or Vooch. Like, that, to me, signals a complete uh, directional shift in where the Bulls are headed. I am kind of, like, on the fence about how much of a change I feel like the Bulls need to make. But if the Bulls are going to do that, I think, like, (laughs) Wiseman probably has more upside than two picks around 20 and Obi Toppin, but maybe those bites at the apple are more important to you. Um, maybe you could get Jonathan Kuminga instead of Wiseman. Like, I think that'd be more interesting to me. So, um, yeah, I, I struggle with that. I don't think I would be like super disappointed by either of those trades because it tells me that the, we're heading a new direction, which I think is important because right now, like, as we talked about just with game to game, it's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> is this a team that's going to win games against bad teams or? Are they just going to be like three games below 500 the whole year? And I think that's kind of where the Bulls are at this point. So like trading Caruso, I think probably puts you on that path to either be much worse or at least like start to build more towards your future. And I'm fine with that idea in general. So uh, I think if they're going to trade them, like that's the kind of value you want to be looking for is like decent draft picks, picks plural, and or, you know, young players with, upside like I think those are kind of things that you're looking for so either either of those trades I think accomplish that I'm not sure which I like more but I think if you're going to do it those those make sense to me I'm not sure you can talk me into uh having a starting front court where yeah I mean like you, you can position it like this you got we've got the second the guy that was taken second in the 2020 draft and the guy taken fourth in the 2020 draft 
That's that's the way the Bulls sell this, right? I don't know if I could possibly get behind a front court of Patrick Williams and James Wiseman. I couldn't be more out on James Wiseman. And this thought of having to watch both of them in a rebuild trying He's to only 21, man. figure it out. I can't have two guys on here that are only freaking 21. I just can't do it. Sorry. Oh, man. No to this trade. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, is is Wiseman the only one that's coming back in this? Wiseman and then maybe a protected Warriors pick. Okay, yeah, no, I can't. No, I don't want to do that. Um, I, I'm not. I, I won't say I'm out on Wiseman like Marquette, but I'm not in on him either. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't believe in him as like yeah, this should be your starting center coming in to the Bulls. Like he said with with uh, Patrick Williams, there's still questions. I need him to answer uh, with mm-hmm. that. Um, there's, I'm, I'm not ready to do that with Wiseman yet, man. Like he hasn't, it hasn't clicked at all for him yet. Um, I guess I haven't seen the glimpses and maybe you guys have seen more of him, you know, with the Warriors and can tell me better, but I haven't seen the glimpses and the flashes uh, from him in his game since he's, since he's been with the Warriors where I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, there's the thing. I, I just saw Deadman say the one word, that always scares me when you talk about guys like this and that's potential that, that, that word scares me. It terrifies me. Uh, especially when you're like the second pick, you know what I mean? That, that terrifies me because when you're a top two, some people might say three, um, you're expected to immediately come in and contribute. It doesn't always work this way. Obviously it's not what it always does, but that's what you're expected to immediately come in there and do. And going to the situation he did, and he did, he couldn't come in and contribute immediately uh, for that team. Of course, he was hurt. You know what I mean? He, he dealt with an injury and everything like that, of course. But he just didn't come in and contribute immediately for that team and show me a flash of, oh, man, he can block shots. Or, oh, man, he's a solid scorer. Or, oh, man, he can do this. Like, I, I, did, I haven't seen that from him, that flash. Like, I saw a flash in Wendell. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, oh, okay, there might be something there. You know what I mean? Like, you see a flash. Like, I, I just haven't seen that in him. And I'm not ready to give up Caruso. For, for that kind of project. I'd rather draft that kind of project later in the round. All right. Well, there it is. Round two of Bullish or Bullshit featuring Alex Caruso. I don't know if I'm ready to let him go, but, uh, and, you know, I, and I'm with you, Will. If, if they trade him, that means they're basically signaling that this core is done because he is a very important part of this core. We are done until Tuesday. The Bulls are off until Tuesday, as are we. Bulls will be back. We will be back for Bulls Clippers pregame. We'll be back in studio Tuesday evening. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the AFC and NFC Championship games. Have some fun. Make some bets on DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can always follow us, in the meantime, on the Twitter machine. Big Dave is at BOW, B-A-W-L Sports. Will the Ghost, Golly, Will underscore Golly. Read everything he's writing at allchgo.com. Mark K is at MK Hoops. He's got a great piece up on the website right now, allchgo.com, about the decision facing the Bulls and one Nikola Vucevic. Give that a read as well. You can follow me at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow us at CHGO underscore Bulls. Shout out and appreciation to our producer, Stephen. Rock with us tonight. Shout out to our other producer, Joey. Hope he's enjoying his Saturday night off wherever he is. (laughs) Until Tuesday, appreciate y'all, Bulls Nation. Hit that thumbs up button before you leave. Subscribe to CHGO Sports on YouTube. Stick around. (laughs) Late night, CHGO Blackhawks postgame. 
Coming up later, Greg, Jay, and Mario. For the CHO Bulls crew, appreciate y'all. See you right, be good. Peace. Emotion. <laughs> <laughs>